Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcasts. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love. He is the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you just published an article. Yes, sir. MileHighHuddle.com, breaking down and reporting on the Broncos have completed one of their 10 head coaching interviews. With whom was the interview and how did it go? That would be Aaron Glenn, the Lions defensive coordinator, one of 10 candidates who will interview for the job. He was first up. And the candidate that I really don't understand. I mean, strong leader and all, fast riser and all, but 31, I I think it was 31 in points per game and 29th in yards per game allowed. Uh, 29th in points allowed, 31. Yeah, I had it right the first time. That's pretty bad. On that side of the ball. So he can be George Patton, you know, the real George Patton incarnate Chad in terms of leadership. You have to bring more to the table. Uh, The results have to be there and be evident. And compared to some of the other candidates, I just don't see where Aaron Glenn sacks up. But he was a cornerback himself, a three-time Pro Bowler, former first-round pick. He's been a coach for uh, several years now. He's not like a first-time coach. He's worked up the ranks. He's widely respected around the NFL, but just not the guy the Broncos need right now, point blank. He's kind of viewed in the same way Vance Joseph was viewed circa 2015. Relatively younger, up-and-coming coach, former player. This was, as you said, his first job as a coordinator, and unlike VJ's first year as a coordinator, whoop, let me go ahead and pull that off. Uh, pop-ups, Nasty. man. What are you, what are you going to do? Banana ice cream. What are you going to nope. do? Charge it, charge it to the game. Um, unlike Vance, uh, who in Miami, Zach, in 2016, led a modest defensive revival for the Dolphins. I mean, nothing to really write home about, but he improved that defense. I guess you could say that Glenn did so as well for the Lions, but it's modest, man. I mean, it's modest. As you wrote here real quick for our listeners, a quick riser in the <clears throat> pardon me, NFL coaching ranks. Glenn just completed his first year at the helm of Detroit's defense, which finished 31st in points allowed, 29th, averaging 27.5 points relinquished per game, 29th in total yards, almost 400 per game. For context, the Broncos racked up 358 total yards and tallied 38 points amid the club's Week 14 contest against the Lions, right, a 38-10 uh, blowout. So, you know, he's... He's got a little bit of juice, but I think Troy Rank wrote it the best in terms of, you know, how should fans view this particular candidate? He's a long shot. He's a long shot. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site tick pick will give you 110 percent of the difference in the purchase price that's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the mhh meet and greet for week three at home broncos versus jets tick pick had us locked down so visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save ten dollars on your first order of broncos tickets 
what I didn't do there and what I want to go back and do is italicize Broncos in that sentence. The Broncos had 38 points in that game. The Broncos, if they can do it, why would you get the guy that relinquished that to Pat Shermer and company? They had five touchdowns that game. You can talk about playing for Demarius Thomas, but the Broncos look like world beaters against that Detroit defense. I don't want the guy in charge of them. So I'm still firmly on the Nathaniel Hackett train. They interview Saturday with Hackett and also Luke Getze in Green Bay while the Packers are on their bye week. I think right now, if he blows them away, I think he should be considered the favorite. All right. Let's grab Sam Bam. Evening, Chad and Zach. What is your educated mm-hmm. prediction for when, not who, the Broncos uh, head coach, when he'll be hired by February 3rd yes. at the latest, three weeks from today? Yeah, some of that is dependent on the playoffs, right? Like, that's unfortunately the Broncos are kind of slave to how things resolve for these coaches in the playoffs. You know, when the Broncos, if you think back, Zach, to when the Broncos hired Vic Fangio, John Elway had completed four interviews and everyone was saying it was going to be Mike Munchak, right? Mike Munchak or Chuck Pagano, even though we were going at that point, Zach Taylor, Zach Taylor. And then everyone was waiting to see if the bears would get bounced from the playoffs so that John could swoop in and interview Vic Fangio. And they did the Eagles knocked Vic out. And so John Elway was able to interview him. Boom. The next day he's announced as the head coach in Denver and the rest is history. So you got to get a little bit lucky that way. And maybe in Denver's case, that time around, they were a little unlucky. Maybe they, if the football fates would have willed it differently, Zach, and the Bears beat the Eagles, Vic Fangio doesn't become this team's head coach. And who knows? It probably would have been Munchak, and we'd be right back where we are right now. Yeah, I was actually at the gym the other night, and I was talking about it on the other podcast. I couldn't think of what the Broncos did in 2019 where it was a package deal. They interviewed Fangio, they interviewed Mike Munchak, but they brought Munchak in. They went from head coach to positional coach. They got him in to be an offensive line coach. That was a coup. Looking back on it for Elway, even though it didn't work out with Fangio, having Munchak in that role was a big feather in his cap. And I think that's the way that George Payton wants to go with this head coaching search. Ideally, you hire Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach slash play caller and make Luke Getze the quarterback's coach with the Packers right now. They're very close. They're even stepbrothers close, Chad. That's what he talked about today in terms of the interview. When when Nathaniel Hackett found out that Luke Getze uh, got an interview for the Broncos job, he burst into his offense office and wanted to do a stepbrothers practice routine. I want that guy coaching the Broncos. That's just me, though. So yeah. bring him along as the package deal. Make Getsy the OC, the nominal OC. Maybe bring back Ed Donatello as the DC, and then you're in business. So to answer the question, when are you going to hire the coach? They have to. They're at the mercy a little bit, and even Peyton said this, of the playoffs. They want to talk to Dan Quinn. Cowboys have a playoff game on Sunday. They have to wait till after that. But if Hackett blows them away Saturday, that's the early favorite. And I think Peyton wants to wrap this up sooner than later. They have an ownership situation to squash. They have the Senior Bowl, the Combine. They have player evaluation. The understanding that I have is that Peyton wants to get this done quickly, but also the right way. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for that. You know, I can imagine Hackett bursting in and being like, you have to call me Dragon. And then Getty's (laughs) like, you have to call me Nighthawk. It would have been phenomenal. Did we just become best friends? Did we just become best friends? Anthony Edwards. What's up, buddy? Thank you for the super chat. Would love to see Gerard Mayo as the new defensive coordinator. I liked him since his college days at Tennessee. Yeah, he was a great player. Great player. Uh, Great college player. Uh, I would say a great pro player. World champion. Defensive rookie of the year. A couple of pro bowls. And uh, I think injuries probably ended his his career maybe a little bit sooner than you would have liked to have seen but he's one of those guys Zach that they could be eyeing just exactly for that purpose you you hire an offensive guy hey what do you think of making Gerard Mayo RDC what are your thoughts well here's the only thing about that the only drawback I mean that's a coup on paper getting Nathaniel Hackett let's say like I I just laid out as the head coach Getsy as the OC and Gerard Mayo as the DC but would George Payton want newcomers, rookie coordinators at every spot. I feel like if they're going to go young at one area, they're going to go a little older in the other. So if they were to hire Dan Quinn, the OC would be younger and vice versa. If they go Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze, I feel like it's going to be Donatel, someone on Brandon Staley's staff, maybe Mike Zimmer, bring him in. That would be a nice deal. I would love Jared Mayo, Gerard Mayo, but yeah. 
I just don't see George Payton going with that much of a youth movement. Indeed. Steve Armstrong, what is good, my friend? Thank you for that super chat. It's great to have you here as a uh, part of this conversation. You demand. Thank you, bud. Uh, while we're on the subject of saying thanks, real quick, let's update the Facebook community so y'all know how things stand on our goal of reaching 250,000 stars in the month of January. When we hit it, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. We are at 36% to the goal. Pretty confident we're going to hit that this month. The only people in the running, of course, for that raffle are those who contribute to the goal. And Facebook, they keep track of it. So we can tell you right now who's going to have the most tickets in the hat starting with number one right now, the Aviator. He deposed Miguel as the number one. So Shane at number one, Miguel at two, Travis Weber at three, Jacob Foster four, Doug Raquel five, Rodney Garcia six, Andrew Baker seven, Jermaine Daughtry eight, Pete Middleton nine, Michael Ronquillo ten. And then, as you can see, just a few of the names barely outside the top ten. But thanks to each and every one of you. Travis, he says, do you think Peyton will be swift in hiring our new head coach? Zach answered as I was typing. Yeah, buddy. Thank you for the stars. Um, here's the one thing we know, though, for sure about George. Timetables, uh, you know, we don't have a crystal ball, right? We, we can't say for sure exactly when that resolution is going to come, but he's going to be thorough. He's going to be meticulous. He's going to take his time, be methodical, because, again, he guaranteed it. He said, we're going to get it right this time. I guarantee it. And that's just the type of cat he is anyway methodical, right? He's going to go, he's going to deep dive multiple levels of analysis. I would be willing to bet at this point, Zach, he probably already has a ton of research done long before Vic was even fired. All right. And he's probably got two or three favorites that he really can see in this job. And the other ones he also could see, but he's maybe a little bit more skeptical, uh, skeptical because of this drawback or this con on the, on the resume or whatever. But remaining, Zach, 100% open to being blown away in the interview. So it could take longer than most teams because he's going to do a minimum, I mean, if it works out this way, 10 interviews. That's going to take some time, y'all. Do you remember in 2018, though, the first year after VJ, do you remember what Elway did right after the season? There wasn't any decision. He literally and admittedly slept on it, and I didn't like that. It's, it's At that point, you had to have your, your mind made up. That's the one thing George Payton did not do. They had their last game on Saturday. On Sunday, they fired Vic Fangio. On Thursday, they began interviewing head coaching candidates. You can't ask him to move any faster. And he formulated a list that has 10 candidates, double what the Broncos had in 2019. So George Payton's doing everything he can right now and doing it the right way. But he has to have this wrapped up really, really quickly. Again, they have ownership. They have player evaluation. This is but a small marker in a hectic offseason that George Payton wants to get over. But it's tough doing it quickly but also the right way, I think he's blending uh, both ears. One more note, though, he came from Minnesota. He saw Green Bay twice a year. This is beyond just Aaron Rodgers. This is trying to have long-term sustainable success in Denver, and who better to emulate than a, a franchise like Green Bay? And you know what's interesting, too, is the Dolphins, they lingered for a day or two before ultimately firing Brian Flores, the Houston Texans, David Culley hit the bricks. I don't know what changed for them, maybe because Flores eventually was released or fired, but it just means it's another team. It's another competitor for the services of these same coaches, um, ostensibly, that uh, George Payton is after. Luis, what's good, buddy? Thank you. He says, I believe the Aaron Glenn interview was more of a recon mission on Hackett to get a viewpoint from a rival in addition to inside info from Minnesota equal uh, – Hackett favorite. That's an interesting take. Um, you know, he'll probably, it's probably a question that'll get asked or that did get asked Zach in that interview. What's your take on, you know, this team, that team, this coach, that coach wouldn't surprise me, but yeah, he had to compete with him against him twice this year. I could see that being the case for like a B enemy. I don't think the Broncos are going to hire him, but that's to glean insight as to a division rival, one of the best teams in the NFL. What do they want to learn and what are they going to learn about Detroit? I, I, it could be a Rooney Rule situation fulfilling that NFL 
protocol. It could be a makeup interviews by some measure to Aaron Glenn. There's a rumor out there that Peyton is doing Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, a favor by interviewing him. He's not really qualified, in my opinion, for this round of interviews, and they apparently go way back. So uh, that could be the case with Aaron Glenn as well. A nominal token interview. No more qualified than, say, Aaron Glenn, right? They both have now one year of playoff or of uh, coordinator experience under their belt. At least it seems in the playoffs. Like that's what I was going to say. Not but Detroit. One big difference there, Ernie. Big Earn. Good to see you in the chat, my friend. Want to give you a shout out. Appreciate you, uh, Rodney Garcia. He says, "Good evening, Broncos country. Hope everyone's having a great and blessed evening. Appreciate the the uh, stars, my friend. You you went. Uh, you've been a huge huge support." of late and we see you we appreciate you speaking of appreciation the god king mark langley from georgia og mhh mount rushmore og in the house good to see you bro he says team peyton or team elway hashtags of course to be or not to be that is the question what's up my guys for me 18 now chad uh now chad zach looks gangster but chad is always gangster. that's a little inside inside uh inside joke but Bringing back the uh, whole Peyton versus Elway thing, yeah, um, I I would guess that from probably a seventy to eighty percent margin, Zach Broncos fans would rather at this moment in the in time it be Peyton's group that wins out over Elway's. I don't think I've seen one person that wants Elway to win this speculative battle so far. It's been pretty much uh, all. Peyton Manning fans, and I, that's that's the way I would go as well. But I mean this completely complimentary, Mark. It's it's weird to see a super from you not in red. But we, we appreciate you nonetheless, and uh, you know we love you. Thank you. You demand, bro. You demand. All right. Um, EJ actually dropping real quick. Jacob, dude, thank you, Jacob. EJ dropping a testimonial for us. Love my Manscaped. It's a game changer. Ladies love it. There Boom. it is. It is. You just got to take the plunge. Y'all, you really got it. Uh, Charms in the house. Thank you. Locke, Drew Locke, deserves a head coach who can develop him and have some faith in him. Which head coach do you guys think would be best for Drew? That's a good question. For me, Zach, it's probably Hackett, Moore, O'Connell. Of those three, yeah. maybe be enemy. So be enemy two. Uh, of those four, Skins on the wall for developing a young quarterback. I mean, honestly, Bienemy is really the only guy amongst those three. I mean, you, I guess you could say more. Would Would you say more responsible for the development of Dak Prescott? Let me put it that way first, then we'll answer him. Well, he was also a quarterback with Prescott for a while, so you know, I I don't know that I would call Kellen Moore yeah. yet a quarterback developer. Not a developer, but he has put Dak in the position to have. I mean, unprecedented cowboy quarterback numbers. So he does get credit. I'm just saying as a developer, there's more empirical evidence to suggest Eric B. Enemy has more fingerprints, more skins on the wall relative to Patrick Mahomes, right? Because Pat came into the league as a first round pick in 17, really didn't see the field till the season finale against Paxton Lynch and the Broncos beat the Broncos. And then from there, they decided, hey, you know, we're tired of going one and done in the playoffs under Alex Smith. Let's go in all in on Patrick Mahomes. And they microwave that dude's development. Now, I still think Andy Reid, obviously, yeah. deserves is, is going to be the one that takes home the, the lion's share, Zach, of the credit for Mahomes. But of those four coaches, getting back to the topic of which one would be best to kind of develop and turn Drew around the corner, maybe it would be Eric Bieniemy. but I still would rather trust Hackett on that front. They've also had Mike Kafka, who they think very, very highly of uh, working magic. And, you know, Alex Smith was a ready-made playoff quarterback. There's not much development that needs to be had with someone like him. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. I, I wouldn't tie Locke's career on Eric Bieniemy. To me, it's Nathaniel Hackett. And I don't. it goes beyond the football field. That personality-wise, that's what Drew Locke needs. A guy who's reciting stepbrothers in preparation for an interview, it goes perfectly hand-in-hand -hand with Drew Locke's personality, someone rapping on the sideline. Why did Drew partly... What was the reason why he connected so well with Rich Scangarello? Because he wasn't 58-year-old Pat Shermer, dazed and confused, sitting up there in the press box. Rich Scangarello was closer in age and, and closer in personality to Drew Locke. So if you're looking to save number three, I think Hackett is the no-brainer choice. Shout out to Michael Ronquillo down at Tucson. Great having you in the chat, my friend. Uh, you are a 
Prince, Steve Armstrong. Thank you, bro. Number two, he says, I like Hackett. Looking to get, looking to see us get back to the promised land. Hashtag state of being a DFW Broncos country. Don't F with Broncos country. Yes, I like it. The Mile Highlander. Interesting. Yeah, dude. Uh, promised land. George guaranteed getting this higher right. But, you know, the ha- the Hackett thing is going to be very much, if he ends up in Denver, oriented. This is one thing to make you a little bit concerned because you have to be, you have to feel if you're George Payton that he's the best guy for the job, whether Aaron Rodgers was on the table or not. But Mike Kliss, Nine News, Bronco Insider, said today on the fan in, a, in an interview that Aaron Rodgers is Denver's top number one offseason priority. So that's got to factor into the equation here. And, you know, Mike doesn't like it when he gets quoted off of uh, radio uh, hits, right? But he said yeah. that. So that's what he said. I remember that. That's funny. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I, I, I revert back to the Pat McAfee interview that Rogers had on Tuesday when they pressed him about the rumor that he could be a package deal with Hackett and Getzey. He didn't say no. I mean, he kind of laughed it off, but he could have easily thrown cold water on that and he didn't do it. So that's always going to be out there. Um, I, I just think that's the way to go in today's NFL. And I think six offensive-minded candidates versus four defensive guys, and you can argue maybe one is worthy of the job. I think we know where the Broncos um, are heading, and and as long as Hackett doesn't blow the interview, I think the job could be his. Travis again, thanks, bro. Nothing against the enemy, but like Lindsey, Philip Lindsey, being from the area, I don't think always it always makes it best for Denver. Yeah, Um he Eric also has kind of like a controversial background, too. I'm, I'm not saying he's not a great coach, but there's some baggage. Purportedly. There are rumors that that he, uh, yeah, of impropriety, let's just say, right? When he, with some co-eds and whatnot, back when he was a player at CU. And we're talking circa, uh, geez, when was he a player? The early 90s. I remember having his football card, uh, National Football League. So he's a number one draft pick, or let's see, no, second round pick in... 91 so late 80s early 90s uh cu that's what that's when his uh he haunted the the stomping grounds anthony what's up buddy he says who else is in the peyton manning group of ownership i don't know i don't think that's been reported unless you've seen something on that zach no it's probably like no name people that none of us have ever heard of but peyton manning is the the lightning rod figurehead rodney again you're on fire big dog thank you it helps keep the lights on here at MHH Central. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you, big dog. Um, Patrick McCracken, do you think George Payton's going to pony up for a quarterback like Wilson or Deshaun Watson? I think he's going to pony up, and it's going to pony up for Aaron Rodgers. But the question again, Zach, comes down to how much of that reporting do you believe? So when when Aaron got back to – he ended his holdout this past summer and showed up on the on the basically the night before training camp was set to begin. The reporting around that, I want to say it was Michael Mike Silver that reported this. If I'm not, I could be mistaken on that, but was that part of the bargain was that the Green Bay would um, you know be open to evaluating or whatever, looking over his con- contract situation. With obviously the whole objective being, yes, Aaron, if you come back one more year and you still want to bail, you still want to be traded, we will actually look at it instead of stonewalling you, which is what they did last year. Right, Last year, he really strong-armed it, dude. He tried. Aaron Rodgers tried to get out of Green Bay, but they uh, stood pat, credit to him, but they apparently promised him. Now, how much of that is in writing, Zach? Right, like How much of that's in a contract? I'm not sure you can work those type of things. I guess you could. I guess you could. But if suddenly again, like we talked about last night, Aaron Rodgers, the season ends, looks around and his OC and quarterbacks coach are now calling Denver home. That's a pretty big draw, dude. That's a pretty big draw for a guy who's already been disgruntled and has already expressed an interest that I want out of Green Bay. And whose fiance, again, is like from Boulder, right? Or from Colorado and somewhere. Somewhere Yeah, I think it is Boulder. Yes. 
So there's some ties there. And but the the my answer to this question comes back to what's your definition of ponying up? Because again, I, I think Peyton will stick his nose in there. I think he's gonna call Green Bay to ask about Rogers' availability, if there is availability, and they'll go from there. He's he's not gonna torpedo the franchise though. I, it, he, you can have his coaches, but to give up three first-round draft picks, let's say, taking on massive contracts, he's going to want a new deal uh, commensurate to being a, a top-paid quarterback in the NFL. So welcome to $45 million per year for a 39-year-old quarterback and giving up multiple first-round picks. That's a little prohibitive to me if you're George Payton, but you know he'll see if it's feasible, but if it's not, I don't see him making that deal. And I don't know why Deshaun Watson keeps getting brought up. He's radioactive. Until those allegations are quelled, they're not going to do anything with him one way or the other. Fernando, good to see you, my friend. He says, if we keep Donatel at Donatel, which inside linebackers would be kept? Um, I think the better question would be if you kept Reggie Herring, which linebackers would be kept? But um, I think it's a pretty safe bet that one of Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell are gone for sure. Oh, I yeah. think there's like a 50-50 chance they'll – come to the table and re-sign one of them on a, on like a team friendly one year deal coming off injury. Come on back, whatever. Um, and if I had to err on that right now, I'd err on the side of Josie Jewell, regardless of Donatel, regardless of Reggie Herring. I just think Josie Jewell brings more to the table. You know, his, his talent and production level when they're on the field, Zach, isn't that big of a departure from AJ. And he brings more to the table between the years, intangibles, leadership, you know, uh, mentorship in terms of teaching people around him having not everyone you know there's a lot of smart people out there zach there's a lot of wise people out there not all that are smart and not all that are wise though are any good at teaching that to other people josie's one of those guys he's a great leader and one of the reasons he is such a good leader zach is because he's also a great communicator and a good teacher yeah, let's call him what he is, though, a two-down linebacker. And they're kind yeah. of a dime a dozen as well. I would make an offer. I wouldn't break the bank on Josie Jewell or AJ, for that matter. But they also have Kenny Young as a free agent. And I, isn't Jonas Griffith a free agent as well? Is he unsigned? Because uh, that's a lot of linebackers to have in uh, to make decisions on. But they're going to, I think, bring back at least one of them. You can make the case for either. Kenny Young was playing really well, but then he had the concussion and he wasn't available. They really don't have any linebacker that was available except for Griffith, and he was playing well. But how much of that is Fangio's impact on the defense? These are all questions that are unanswered right now. So I'd he is <clears throat> he is set to be a free agent, but he's an exclusive right. So that's so coming accompli. Dave Glassman, I'm thinking more and more that Hackett is the choice, regardless of the starting quarterback. That's the caveat. You have to make the hire almost under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers isn't even on the table. Like you have to go, is this the right guy to lead us without Aaron Rodgers? Is this the best guy for Drew? Is this the best guy for, you know, the offense? Is this the best guy to lead the team? And then if it ends up, you know, as a secondary kind of blessing, helping you land Aaron Rodgers, then so be it. But, you know, I'm going to point to what Rodgers said himself. People forget what uh, Hackett did in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles. Rodgers called it legendary. I mean, he coached that offense up and Blake Bortles up to within a quarter of the Super Bowl. It goes beyond just Green Bay. He has coaching merits in his own right. And the thing with Hackett, if you feel comfortable with that, with Bortles and what he's done learning with Aaron Rodgers under Matt LaFleur, then even if they don't get A-Rod, you can draft a quarterback and finally have a coaching staff that can develop him along. So it's a win-win to me when you have someone like Nathaniel Hackett in the building. The same would go for Kellen Moore. The same would go for Brian Callahan. Him. The same would go for Kevin O'Connell. Just uh, someone on the right track of recent NFL history with offenses manufactured for 2022, not what Pat Shermer was running last year. They didn't have the horses on the coaching staff to develop any quarterback, be it Brett Rippon, be it Drew Locker, be it Teddy Bridgewater. Hiring Hackett or someone like that would finally allow them that opportunity. By the way, Phil, we're going to grab you. By the way, Scott brings up the question about Donatel is probably relative to scheme, right? So if Donatel stays, probably going to be a 3-4, which linebacker? I mean, if it ends up being a 3-4, if Donatel stays or if the Broncos maintain a 3-4 defense, answer remains the same. If they bring in a 4-3 coach, I don't think either one of those guys fits really in Denver, to be honest with you. So 
Maybe except Kenny Young, though. Kenny Young, I think you could still make a lot of hay in a 4-3, but I digress. Phil, thank you, bro. Man, thank you, bro. Is Greg Roman under consideration? Great show, as always. Yeah. Haven't heard a dang thing on Denver being interested in Greg Roman, which for how wide of a net they cast, Zach, is a little bit of a surprise. I'll be honest. Same with Dayball. Yeah, the door is closed, though. I mean, they're already starting interviews. The 10 candidates are the 10 candidates. And, th- and that became pretty transparent when they didn't bring in Doug Peterson. You mentioned Dayball. But Greg Roman, apparently on Twitter, he's regarded almost like Pat Shermer was. You should read the comments about Greg Roman not running the ball or running the ball too much. It's uh, Maybe the Broncos dodge a bullet there. Current offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. He's been with Baltimore since 2017. In his past, he was the Bills offensive coordinator. He was the Niners coordinator under Jim Harbaugh. All right, so those Alex Smith and Kaepernick teams, that was his uh, his baby. Before that, he was an assistant with three other clubs. Kind of interesting. So when Jim Harbaugh took that job back in 2011, he hired Vic Fangio, who had kind of been forced out a little bit of the league. He'd had to go to Stanford. He'd been a defensive coordinator, multiple stops, put in one time for a head coaching gig with the Chargers, lost out, and then he was a linebacker's coach for Baltimore before he had to go uh, to the college ranks, right? He went and coached at Stanford. So when Jim Harbaugh comes, takes the job in San Francisco, it's kind of ironic that he takes a he hires a first-time NFL offensive coordinator in Greg Roman and a Vic Fangio who hadn't been in the league for a minute. Did you hear the latest rumor, though? Apparently, if Bill O'Brien gets a head coaching job, he would bring Vic Fangio as his D.C. And as someone put it to me on Twitter, can you imagine the locker room blow-ups and team (laughs) chemistry or lack thereof under that regime? Wouldn't be pretty. Indeed. Indeed. Um, Jerry Holland, who's been a longtime supporter, he says, if we got a defensive-minded coach, it would seem Locke would be done because why would that coach even – give a care about the quarterback position or want to put effort into it. Maybe Fangio scarred me. Well, no, that defensive coach is going to give a hoot about who the quarterback is because even the defensive mind, Zach, with the most hubris have to realize that if you ain't got the quarterback, you ain't got nothing in the NFL. So I would assume that, uh, you know, it's regardless. But as far as offensive minded, that's your only hope for, you know, still getting something out of Drew or kind of completing his training in a Jedi way, right? Then you need you need a Hackett to come in and kind of finish the job. And then look at this, Zach. Amazing. Holy smokes. Mark's like, okay, I see. You've baited me. Now, Zach, <laughs> there's red. Just like, how about them dogs? Dude, thank you, Mark. You didn't thank have you, to Mark. do that. Thank you, bro. Thank you. I mean, this is – we are seriously <laughs> two of the luckiest dudes uh, yes. within arm's reach of a microphone under the sun and – Mark, you're a big reason for that. Everyone within the sound of our voice right now, just thank you, bro. Really, really love you. You know this. Mark, I promise you I wasn't baiting you. I was trying to give you the highest praise I can give you, but that's just you being you, and uh, you know we appreciate you. Thank you so much. For real, thank you. As always, give our best to Penny. Uh, Live bait 25, do we hire a defensive head coach and sign a veteran quarterback or hire an offensive head coach and draft a quarterback? If you had to put money on it, Zach, what do you see of those two options? Uh, I like door number two a lot more. There's more ceiling and more upside. I, I see, you know, Vic Fangio and Joe Flacco with the first option there. It's just not the way to win to me in today's NFL. Look at, every, like you mentioned, every playoff team pretty much has an offensive-minded head coach at the controls. It's just the way the league is going. You fail twice in a row now going against the green. How about going with the green by getting the OC in the building? And even then... Even then, let's say you're not even dead set on drafting a quarterback. You can maybe make a play for Aaron. Maybe make a play for Russell Wilson. There's better options than the Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryans out there. But in a fail-safe scenario, you have Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, whoever they bring along, by the way, and you have a first-round draft pick, number nine overall. I mean, that's I like that situation to be in. I do. Um, I still have misgivings about this, about drafting a quarterback this year. But we're still so early in that pre-draft process, right? Senior Bowl, Shrine Game, uh, Combine. We'll see what kind of Combine there is this year. Uh, but the pro days, things will resolve quite a bit 
between now and then the cream will rise to the top. But uh, there's two or three guys that are interesting. Are they a day one upgrade over Drew? I mean, I think Scott and Nick had a pretty good conversation on that front on uh, this morning's Broncos for breakfast. And the answer to that is, I mean, of course, nobody knows for sure, right? But do the Broncos believe that there is a day one upgrade to Drew Locke in this class? This is assuming, of course, Zach, that you swing and miss on Aaron Rodgers and anyone else, you know. uh, I would not be surprised. In fact, the bigger part of me expects them to run it back with Drew Locke and a different veteran. Only this time, you know, the veteran, they'll compete, but I expect Drew Locke, if it came to that, to get to start. Cody Dub, what have I... What I have seen, it's Manning, family, and a few others. In the ownership group. Okay. I think. Yeah. I haven't really dug around on that, though, to be honest with you. So, um, Michaela, the Duchess, top wow. rope. One of these from the top rope. Bam! Thank you so Thank much, you. Michaela. Wow. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Don't know what we do without you, to be frank. She says, let's get Hackett. Boom. MHH rocks. I remember when Michaela first uh, joined our community and I'll give you a specific timeline. This was about two years ago. Yeah. It was the off season of 2020 when the pandemic hit and none of us knew if there was even going to be football that year. And uh, she came in, she really um, settled in and became a big voice in the chat. And then she went away for like, I don't know, most of the season and we were missing her. There's no lie. We're like, man, I wonder what happened to Michaela. Boom, she came back, and she's climbed to even higher status in the community. And I, all I can tell you, Michaela, is that I'm very, very grateful that you're in our community. Yeah, thank you so much, Michaela. I'm going to further your point here and echo it. To the previous conversation about drafting a quarterback, I, I'm in agreement with you. I, I think as of today, taking Matt Corral at number nine would be a reach. Taking Malik Willis at number nine would be a reach. But I I would feel a lot better if you made that reach with Nathaniel Hackett as your head coach than Dan Quinn. That's what I'm... It's just time the Broncos have someone where if all else fails, if they have a young quarterback, you feel confident that there's a real chance they can become a franchise guy. Drew Locke never had a shot with Pat Shermer. No quarterback would have had a shot with Pat Shermer. It wasn't just a Drew Locke thing. It was not the right scheme for today's NFL. They They owe it to the fan base to allow... Take that chance of having the next Sean McVay, the next Matt LaFleur. Take the chance. You're never going to get that with a retread or a defensive-minded guy like a Fangio or a uh, Quinn. The Broncos have maxed out two different ethoses. Like, they should just crumble them up and shoot one, try and make the basket. Like, But forget about it. Number one, defensive-minded head coach in an era of offense. I know people go, no, it's the best guy for the job. It shouldn't matter if it's offense or defense. I understand that. I get it. Dan Quinn has some big fans out there, and justifiably so. Dude's a great coach and a great dude. But if this was 2017, Zach, I'd be a lot more amenable to the idea of bringing in a cult of personality, badass defensive-minded coach like Dan Quinn. But it's not. We've now lived through two failed defensive-minded regimes. So I want that in the rear view. The other thing I want in the rear view is what you just said. This team never was, nor will it ever be, one middle-of-the-road quarterback away from being a thing. They convinced themselves they were because Peyton Manning, they won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning, not fully up to snuff. But let me tell you something. You won that Super Bowl with a Hall of Fame quarterback. The Broncos don't get to the Super Bowl, nor do they win the Super Bowl if Peyton Manning isn't under center. So that was a flawed premise from the beginning. Todd, I was hearing that the morning show – about Nicobe Dean, but as a 4-3 linebacker. Thoughts? Yes, Broncos for Breakfast discussed. In fact, Nick had an article to follow up on that. Hopefully you've seen that, Todd. On the uh, mock draft database, the three guys, three prospects that are being the most commonly mocked to the Broncos in order are Matt Corral, quarterback Ole Miss, Nicobe Dean, linebacker Georgia, Desmond Ritter, quarterback Cincinnati. Nicobe Dean Little on the light side, right, in terms of size. Um, barely over 200 pounds or 220. I can't remember now off the top of my head his exact weight. But that kind of fits for the Wesley Woodyard type. If you're trying to imprint that to a Denver Bronco figure in history, Wesley Woodyard came in as a converted safety. He was smallish. 
took time to build up a linebacker body, even though they immediately converted him to linebacker, Zach. Um, but along the way, they said, you're going to play Will in a 4-3 scheme. That means you're out on the perimeter. We're not expecting you to, you know, on a, on a snap-in, snap-out basis, have to uh, engage with offensive linemen in the box, scrape and try and get off these blocks because you just be dominated. If you can just kind of like Ian Gold of old, all right, if you guys can remember Ian Gold, similar size, similar exact same position, Will linebacker. So it's contingent on is there a scheme change. If there's not a scheme change in Denver and they go 3-4, I'm still I'm not convinced Nicobe Dean would be the best allocation of resources for Denver in round one. Yeah, I was gonna say it depends on who the next head coach is and DC is. It could be a difference in scheme. I wouldn't mind it, but it's kind of a question we can't answer right now until we know what scheme's gonna be run in Denver next season. But anything to help the pass rush or anything to help the the front seven of the defense after how badly they underperformed under Vic Fangio this season, I think would be a boon. Anthony Edwards. You demand. Thank you. Appreciate you two and the show. Love that we have even more cap space from the restructuring of Graham Glasgow. Tis the season of optimism and hopefulness. Let's get this off season right. Amen, brother. And yes, they uh, freed up a little cap. Graham's coming back. And that's a good thing. You know, they need that veteran competency on the inside and, you know, might behoove them to play him at center. You know? Yeah. Reisner left guard. Graham Glasgow center, Miners right guard go. Uh, I'd like to see that. But did Cushenberry do enough to lose the job, though? I feel like at times he was the most stable force on that offensive line. I would have him as competition, but I, that's why I don't get anyone kind of poo-pooing the move to bring back Glasgow. I know he was kind of underwhelming at $11 million a year, but now it's like $3 million for a veteran with starting experience who can compete at guard and center. I think it's a brilliant move on George Payton's part. May the best man win, but uh, I, I don't know about Moody starting at uh, at one of the guard spots permanently if they move on from, from Reisner and they make changes at, at center or by permanently the, at right tackle. By the way, real quick, Dan Quinn becomes the head coach in Denver, and with his scheme, N'Kobe Dean's a guy that probably flies to the top of the Broncos draft board. Not the very tip-top per se, but he's going to be up there. 727 Mill, good to see you, bro. I like Quinn. But don't want Quinn, to be honest. I want an offensive-minded head coach to develop quarterbacks. Start preparing yourselves. I mean, multiple insiders that I have talked to. I I mean, you can even read insiders' Twitters. They're they're erring on the side of Quinn as as one, Hackett as two, but still everyone going to be surprised if it's not Quinn. And a big reason for that is that history Peyton and Quinn have from their time in Miami, right after Quinn got the head coach job in Atlanta, he took an interview and was it pro football talk. Anyway, he just unprompted went on a spiel about how him and a, one of the front office assistants in Miami, this dude named George Payton, they were going to try and, uh, you know, put together a regime and it just didn't work out. They've been eyeing it together. There's a bromance there which is why I think he's amongst, you know, his, his resume is, is stands on its own merit, but what makes him kind of a favorite in Denver, even Zach in the face of back-to-back failed defensive-minded regimes, is that connection. What could hurt him, though, is just time, you know, uh, circumstance. The cow- He can't interview because of the Cowboys' playoff game on Sunday until next week, whereas Hackett is interviewing along with Getze on Saturday. So if Getze blows Peyton away, it's all about first impressions, Chad, in any job. Multi-billion-dollar job or working at McDonald's, let's say. It's all about making first impressions on your employer. If Hackett brings the energy that we saw in the team meetings that we've heard about and, he- and he's shown on the whiteboard, in the classroom, on the field, and he wows Peyton... It could be hard to top that for, for Dan Quinn as much as they want to make that happen. Agreed. Terry, up in Canada, proving Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is, as he says here, a state of being. He says, awesome as always. Love you guys. We love you too. And we miss you. We miss you. We love it when uh, you're back in the chat. By the way, I tried to find you on Twitter, but your old Twitter handle no longer exists. So if you're still on Twitter, let us know. A lot of times guys change their handle and I can't go through thousands and thousands of people to figure out Terry, you know, cause there's so many people that follow. Like, I don't even know how long that would take me Zach to go through five or 6,000 names to find Terry. Quite so if you're still on Twitter, do one of these in the mentions, bro. I want to make sure I know your handle. 
Uh, Travis Weber, Miami, if if still stands even with Flores gone, already was in agreement on the compensation for Watson. Just wanted to wait for the legal matters to die down. Well, that's one of the conspiracy theories out there is they think, you know, perhaps Houston might believe, Zach, that if they can hire Brian Flores, it'll ameliorate Watson and make him abandon the notion of once he gets clear or if he ever gets clear of these off the field um, allegations to want to stay in Houston. But I'm not sure I buy that, to be honest with you. Well, I should have mentioned earlier, I think it was Schefter who reported that Gerard Mayo is the front runner right now to end up replacing David Cully in Houston. So um, I don't know about that situation, but I don't know why anyone's not talking about Jim Harbaugh going to the Dolphins. They courted him heavy before he went to the 49ers. I think it was in 2011. Stephen Ross flew on his private plane to go get uh, Jim Harbaugh. No one's bringing that up, but I think that could be a possibility. That's one owner in the NFL, Stephen Ross, who loves to make the blockbuster splash at the cost of his franchise. He's yeah, like never, Daniel Snyder never works out. on steroids, so I wouldn't be surprised. Makes the splash, and it just never pans out. Justin Gordon, a symbolic super chat. Number seven, right there, big dog. I'm with you. He says, what is it about a coach who does bad, gets fired, Becomes a coordinator, then becomes a hot commodity again to be a head coach. Hashtag vote for Hackett. Well, bro, it's just the way the cookie crumbles, man. Like coaches, when they get fired as a head man, they don't just curl up and die. You know, there are exceptions. There are guys who have you know lost a head coaching job and they just disappear from public life. Like Mike McCoy is a good example. Even though Ooh. he came back to Denver for that one go round and then out of the NFL, like it happens. By and large, they go right back into the into the coaching the river right and they hope to kind of get stronger wiser better they've learned from their mistakes and then a an their hope that an owner puts another hook in a little farther down the way and then they get them right back in but a lot of the most successful coaches in nfl history were retreads i mean just again look at denver mike shanahan second go round second head coaching job was with the denver broncos won two super bowls gary kubiak houston texans didn't work out denver World Championship, Tony Dungy, didn't work out in Tampa, Indianapolis, World Championship. I could go on, but just because a guy has been a head coach, got fired once, that does that should not dismiss him from relevancy or his candidacy because guys, again, human nature, we learn more from our failures than we do our successes. So when a coach, a lot of times they're caught up in it, right? Things aren't going well for him as a head coach, Zach. Someone hands them a pink slip. And then once they've had time to decompress and breathe, they can look back retrospectively at what happened and go, oh, now I can see it. When I was there, I was too close to see what I should have done better, where I went wrong. But now that I'm, I've got some space and some time, I know exactly what I should have done and what I would do next time. And so you don't want to write those guys off because wisdom lurks in those, can lurk in those guys. There's also the case where some guys are just better number twos. And it's just it's just what's so. Wade Phillips was definitely, I think, one of the prime examples of that, of being a much better coordinator than he is a head coach. I, I, I think Dan Quinn would make a fine head coach in his second stint. I think maybe Vance Joseph would as well, maybe Josh McDaniels, but not in Denver. It's not the right, I just don't think it's the right situation for him, nor the Broncos. Chicago, Minnesota, those would be great openings, even Miami for uh, Dan Quinn. Hard-nosed defensive guy, and still his culture, a team that's kind of middling, competing. The Broncos aren't that. They need an offensive mind and finally to go with the current instead of against the current. If I'm Dan Quinn and I'm the hottest ticket in town, Everyone wants to hire me. I'm going to the place with the best quarterback right, right now. So that ain't Denver. I mean, we like we still have an optimistic view of Drew Locke, but relative to Jacksonville, you know, Trevor Lawrence, it's not even a conversation. You could make the argument it's not a conversation in Chicago, even though I, I don't think yeah. Justin Fields is going to pan out. Um, but you want to – even Miami, I mean, Tua – is there like it's a little bit more of a proven commodity that represents a bigger investment from the team. So you know that the guys at the top, the brass are going to be a lot more patient in how, in developing that guy. Like these are considerations for Dan Quinn. Vegas. 
Yes. Can you imagine Dan Quinn getting that defense in shape? They have Max Crosby. They have some players in the front seven. They need some secondary help. But with Derek Carr on that offense, that's the ready-made opportunity. I wouldn't like it from the Broncos' point of view, but that's the better landing spot than the Broncos. They have to just identify what's best for them. He, he, he might be qualified, but I don't think more qualified than someone in this case like Nathaniel Hackett. It's all relative. Charms. Appreciate you again. Love MHH with you too. You're most Thank kind. You. Very knowledgeable. Um, big Drew Locke fan. Wish he had started all year long. Rather have Wilson over Rodgers, but right now it's Drew Locke all day. Yeah, I mean, I've vacillated, Zach, on the if you could just like Jeannie comes out of the bottle and says, hey, you want Wilson or Rodgers? Go. Um, I vacillated. Wilson, younger. You know, that would mean you got more time with him that you could count on him, but he's just not as prolific and he doesn't, uh, he's not as consistent in winning from the pocket. There's a lot more wear and tear on his tires because of the running and stuff like that. Injuries. Stuff. I don't know. I, I, I'm more about Aaron right now. If I, if you said, if you told me I could just by snapping my fingers guarantee one of them comes here, it would be Aaron Rodgers, even though I know that shelf life would be significantly, you know, a shorter time. I still would err on the side of Rogers because I think you get to, to the Super Bowl. I mean, when, when Russell Wilson won it all over the Denver Broncos in 2013, he did a good job playing his part in that particular championship. But that was a team that was destined to win it that year because of their defense. Aaron Rodgers has at times in his Packer career, single-handedly kept the Packers relevant. Uh, single-handedly, that Super Bowl team 2010, you know? So, I don't know. I just think there's there's more of an impressive track record uh, as a guy who can put the team on his shoulders and carry you, even when you got some big glaring weaknesses on the Aaron Rodgers side of the, of the table as opposed to Wilson. You'd be having a shorter shelf life with Aaron Rodgers, but I think for that duration of that shelf life, you'd have higher quality play. Yep. And I just get the feeling that Russell Wilson is kind of falling off. He's still a very good quarterback, but I maybe it's just my own viewpoint on him. I don't see the same Russell Wilson as five years ago. I see the same Aaron Rodgers, though, as five years ago, back-to-back MVPs potentially, maybe a Super Bowl championship to add to his collection. That's a ready-made, legendary franchise quarterback who you plug in in 2022 and go compete for a title. I don't know that I can say the same with Russell Wilson, as good as an upgrade as he would be on Locke and Bridgewater. Think about this. Peyton Manning only played here four years. If you could have had a shot at Russell Wilson circa 2012, I guess he was a rookie, but still, or Peyton Manning in hindsight, like looking back on it now with all the information at your fingertips, which would you have have chosen? A Russell Wilson, who's a guy that will keep you competitive. You're in the hunt every year. You're going to make the playoffs more often than not. Or that whirlwind with Peyton where you got to the top of the mountain twice, four straight division titles, won a Super Bowl, that's kind of closer to a closer approximation, Zach, to what you could duplicate, I think, with Aaron Rodgers. I think with Russell Wilson, there'd still be a lot more of grind to be done, a lot more sludging through it all. You'd be in a much better position than you are today to win those sludge matches. But uh, give me give me Rodgers. Mark says, again, third super chat. Thank now, you. Zach, you make a great salesman. Hashtag love you guys. We love you too, big dog. You know this. We appreciate you so much, Uh the, the thing with Rodgers, though, um, I don't know. I just, I just, especially if you hire his coaches, I mean, I, I don't see them double dipping on any other staff but Green Bay. And you mentioned the Rodgers possibility. And um, if you, if you, like you put it, Chad, four years of Peyton Manning, if you can guarantee a Super Bowl in four years, would you make that trade? I think Rodgers could have four years of high-level play lift. You can guarantee me a Super Bowl. I think that's worthy of giving up a, a hefty uh, package for. Jacob, more big-time stars. You demand, brother. Really, really appreciate you. Anthony says, what is the outlook for next year's O-line, especially in terms of Garrett Bowles? Well, you know, depends on what happens with Munchak. I'm going to guess and just assume whoever that new head coach is going to go, well, you're damn right. I want to keep Mike Munchak as my O-line coach. So I'm just going to assume he's going to be the guy again next year, but 
Bowles, you hope that he kind of bounces back. You know, last year was – he didn't suck by any means, but it was a weird amalgamation, Zach, of old Bowles and new Bowles rolled into one. Dalton Reisner, I'm straight up off that train. I don't trust him. I don't – I'm now fully skeptical that he'll ever turn the corner and be that Pro Bowl linchpin that he professed that he wants to be and that you would expect a guy drafted in the second round to be. Lloyd Cushenberry, I think – you can upgrade that position, and so you should look to Quinn Miners, plug and play stud. Year two for Quinn Miners is going, especially with the, all the experience he got this year, he's going to be freaking stud. Right tackle, what are you going to do? You know, you're going to have to invest more resources into right tackle, but you know, probably close to what it was this year. But if you get better quarterback play, that offensive line is going to look a hell of a lot better. And scheming, I mean, the play calling not having to ask the offensive line to block for so long or, you know, the, the, the ways you can run the ball and not being Pat Shermer, that's going to open things up. You can definitely make the case that Dalton Reisner and not Lloyd Cushenberry is the one player they should be upgrading on. But I also don't regard Mike Munchak as this offensive genius. At least in Denver, they haven't been that impressive to me. He had one season of Garrett Bowles, high-level play. Garrett got his contract, and he kind of went back to being, in a sense, old Garrett Bowles. No other player took a real step forward under Mike Munchak. So if he stays great, I think he's a very good coach still, but it's not a deal breaker for me. If they can get a better O-line coach, someone to fit what George Payton wants, go out and bring him in. I'll steal man the Munchak argument. That means I'm going to make him look the best possible in his three years in De- or yeah, three years in Denver. Garrett Bowles is the number one success story. And to your point of who has taken a step forward under Munchak, you could argue Quinn Miners. I mean, they microwaved him pretty quick for a guy that came from D3, didn't play football in 2020. That's it, dude. I, I don't have anything else for you. Sam Bam, I would hope Hackett and Getsy make bunk beds that don't break after they launch Prestige Worldwide. Don't touch my drum set. Love it, dude. That's one of the most quotable movies of all time, and that was one of my now favorite all-time super chats. So thank you, Sam. Zachary Smouse is in the house. Z-Dub Designs, legendary superstar. He says, love you guys. Would donate more, but money is tight. Dude, don't even trip. We're just glad to have you in the chat. Hope all is well. And uh, things are things are going well for you, my friend, and that thing that you and I discussed. Mike Reno, my problem with getting Rodgers is if we win 13-plus games, tell me, how are we going to get a quarterback in the 2023 draft when we gave up all our capital to move up to a position feasible to get. You're not going to, Mike. You get Aaron Rodgers, it's under the understanding of we're not going to do what Green Bay did and not use our most valuable capital and assets as a franchise to build around you. We're going to do the opposite of that. So what picks we have remaining, what free agent dollars we have remaining, all of that gets funneled into maximizing your time with us. Damn the torpedoes. We'll cross that. Next quarterback, who comes next thing off the list, uh, you know, when we got to, right? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. It's going to be, it would be all about all in on Rodgers. Like Elway, when they signed Peyton, right? You know, coming off the neck injuries. Hey, John, uh, what's your plan B if if Peyton, you know, the, the injuries and all that? There is no plan B. We're going with plan A was the answer. Same thing with Rodgers. People also pretend like you can't draft a quarterback in rounds two, three, four, five, six, or seven. Everyone wants Russell Wilson. People forget he was a third round pick. He wasn't a top 10 pick. He wasn't the first overall pick. So Peyton can keep developing or, or, or gaining quarterback prospects for his coaching staff to develop. But if you have Aaron Rodgers, when your pet project then becomes for Nathaniel Hackett, Drew Locke, that's a pretty decent situation for a couple of years. They can worry about that in 2023. Let's. Here's an interesting exercise. I know uh, we're Shane. Keep keep Shane up there. I want to grab him next. But talking about like quarterbacks procured through round one, round two, round three. Let's take a quick look. In the NFC, Packers quarterback was a first round pick, but barely. Rams number one overall pick, former. Bucks not a first round pick. Cowboys not a first round pick. Cardinals first overall pick. Eagles. Second not, first, pick. not a first round pick. All right. So that's one, two, three of the seven teams. All right. Patriots, first round pick. Bills, first round pick. Bengals, first round pick. Chiefs, first round pick. Titans, technically first round pick. Right. So three of the um, 
Three of those teams. Who am I missing? Jimmy G. He wasn't a first-round pick. Uh, Carr wasn't a first-round pick, right? So you're right. Even though the odds favor you've hitting on a guy, yeah, it's be- you're better of off if it's a first-round guy. But still, you're 100% correct. You could peel off a third-round pick on a, the right guy to kind of develop behind Aaron, assuming Drew doesn't come back after his rookie year expires in 2023. I mean, again, yeah, I saw someone mention in the comments, and I'd be all for it if you felt like drafting someone like Carson Strong in the third round, if you get Rodgers and put him behind him, let him learn. Rodgers is the unquestioned starter. He doesn't have a first-round pick looming over his shoulder like Jordan Love. You mentioned using that first-round capital to invest in a receiver for him or offensive line or defense, using it somewhere else. There's other options than just taking a quarterback in the first round. That's the ideal, don't get me wrong. But if you can't do that and you have Aaron freaking Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett on your roster, you can do worse than pillaging the later rounds and, and hope to mine gold. Shane Daniels. Out of all the candidates, I believe Hackett is the only one that can get the most out of this offense we have now. He can help Drew and use our skill players to the best of their abilities. And he's also a indirect spring off the McVay coaching tree because even though Hackett's career started elsewhere, he came up under LaFleur and LaFleur, so the, the, the philosophy offensively, is built more on the McVeigh, which is like a pretty good mix of Shanahan Gruden, um, than it would be, say, who who was that coach in Buffalo or the coach in uh Jacksonville, you know. I've already forgotten those guys' names under which Hackett coached. So, you know, you you can get some best of, of both worlds there. Yeah, I just think that's the way to go, and uh I think Peyton agrees, Chad. Uh, all right, guys, we are about out of time. Plum Bob, going to be in Denver again for next season. Hopefully, I'll go to the game y'all go to. That'll be rad, brother. We will be doing a couple of meet and greets this year in 2022. We're eyeing the draft. We're eyeing, of course, the regular season. Uh, we learned a lot about how to kind of do it right. Remember what I said? We learn best from our failures. And even though, Zach, our week three meet and greet was far from a failure, I mean, it was the furthest possible thing from a failure, not everything went perfectly according to plan for us as far as like just some of the nuts and bolts, setting up the podcast out in the stadium, dealing with the stadium authority, like getting hurt. Li- yes, indeed. Uh, just little things like that, but it's going to make us bit, uh, bigger, better, stronger the next go around. Rodney, you demand big dog. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. Um, Travis is still speaking to Miami. They did ask permission to interview Vance Joseph for head coach. Good yes, luck. they did. Vance had – that's really where his star gained enough luster to justify the head coach hire was in Miami. And they were there for that up close and personal. So wouldn't surprise me. Chad, I said this, I can't tell you how many times on the old Facebook live broadcast after they hired VJ, he was defensive coordinator for one year. And in that one year, I think they ranked next to last or dead last in total defense. So definitely, I don't think qualified, even though he had a resurgence in, in with the Cardinals. But that's only the most second surprising piece of information. Guess who got a head coaching interview with Carolina? Tom McMahon. <laughs> you got to be shiznitting me. Tell me how that happens. Wow, dude. Wow. They like suffering. Wow. wow. In Carolina. Yeah. Reckon with that, gang. Charms. Y'all should start a debate show. Like, first take. Zach is like Stephen A. Passionate and Chad is like Max Keller. Factual and calm. LOL. MHH. I don't know. We've had record, you know, people say you should do like this show versus that show episodes where it's like huddle up podcast as represented by Zach Kelderman versus, you know, Broncos for breakfast battle and Nick Kendall, pick the topic, turn on the camera, go. I was going to say you and I agree too much to the beach. I mean, for the most part, we would have to like, uh, it, it would be, um, forced, We'd have to actually yeah. do like radio does and create fake, uh, piv- uh, what do you call those wedge wedge battles where we just pick the opposite ends and then we do our best to steel man those arguments. No one really knows if it's what we believe or not. We're just like blabbering into the ether. That stuff is lame, dude. We're not into that. No. But genuine debate, something we'll consider down the road here. Uh, Jacob again throwing down, love it, dude. Thank love you. it. Uh, Cody Dub Manning's owner. Rogers quarterback for a few years. Then you draft Arch Manning. 
yeah, that would be like the ultimate wet dream for Broncos country is uh, Peyton Manning buys the team. And then when's Arch coming out? Probably 2025, somewhere around then. He's like, I want to be drafted by the team my family basically owns. So I'm going to pull an Eli and say, listen, don't draft me because I won't play anywhere except Denver. I mean, Denver would have to have a pretty high pick to justify that. But still, yeah, we can dream, right? Arch still has a ways to go, though, Zach. He's still got some uh, bona fides to create in Division I college football. You know, call me crazy, but I kind of hope the Broncos are nowhere near his range when he's in the draft. I hope they're picking 32nd each and every year going forward. Guys, that's got to do it. We're out of here. Zach, if you want to uh, do the rundown, I'll pull up Facebook. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. This was the Huddle Up podcast, end of the week podcast, and we're off for the weekend. But until we see you guys next time on Sunday night, follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news, rumors, coaching, speculation, and more at Mile High Huddle. Uh, follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself, I promise you guys, this is super comfortable. I've been wearing it all day, a nice huddle-up beanie. You can get yourself a hat like Chad's wearing, a hoodie, all at the store, huddleuppod.com. And if you haven't, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. You get instant access to Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week, our premium content, and facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Like that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, we get it. Just do these three things, please, we ask of you. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. It really does, guys. It's not all about the Super Chats. It's not all about the stars. You just being here and contributing to the conversation, listening, especially our live chat. Uh, community that means the world to us and then when you like the video or you share it on your social media that testimonial in and of itself is worth its weight in gold all right so thank you for those who do take the time on every episode to like the video on facebook like the video on youtube and share it on your social media share it in the groups you're in on facebook that stuff i mean we love to see it shout out to these facebook superstars rodney garcia on top again Jacob Foster, Anthony Pennington, Shane Daniels, Travis Weber, uh, Phil McLaughlin, Jeffrey Brown, and Mike Reno. Really, really appreciate that. And then, guys, we want to make sure that our Super Chat superstars know the score on the goal there. Of course, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey to the top five finishers on Super Chat this month. And right now, pardon me, here's your list. DWI, number one, Vincent Palowski. Uh, pardon me. Let me do that again. DWI guys, number one. Christopher Gaspari at number two. Michaela went down, then climbed back up. She's at one and, or at three. And after today's pod, she's probably back at two or close to it. Nunzi at four. And then Dale, D-Dub in Hawaii at five. And just a few of the names just outside, as you can see here. And Mark's probably going to climb into the, could very well climb into the top five. So much love and respect. Thanks for another great week. Uh, if something crazy happens between now and Sunday's show, we'll uh, we'll do like an emergency podcast for you, some kind of gut reaction. But we don't expect that to happen. So we'll see you Sunday. Uh, Kelberman's Corner. Well, actually, Broncos Book Club will come first Saturday at noon Mountain Time for our Facebook uh, paid subscribers, our paid supporters. And then fresh episode of Kelberman's Corner Sunday. So we'll we'll talk to you guys then. Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.